1: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the
0: leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
1: There'd be a lot of poop in my case. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I've
1: seen a six-foot alligator go swinging through the air <laughs> and slam into a tree. These guys are the scientists of the supernatural, lecturers leaving lessons for inquiring laymen. They are applying the scientific method to a world that baffles science. They are the cryptids of the corn. But who else has big black wings and red eyes? Um, Batman. Oh, Mothman. Oh, yeah, Mothman.
2: We'll restart the episode. <laughs> no, you can't. We already hit play. We, we're one take wonders. We are professional podcasters.
1: I'm the great and powerful mystery,
2: and I am Jay Clone. Two six, six
1: nine. Two six nine. Took you a minute. You I, just the, read numbers. Oh, they're upside down. I don't know if it's
2: a six or nine.
1: Oh gosh. Two six, And welcome
2: back to the Corn
1: Podcast. I almost said Patreon. Ooh. So, what happens when you record six episodes in a day? Could have been a terrible misstep. Yeah. Terrible, I tell you. All yeah, right. Front of house stuff. Paranormal Magazine. We're affiliates. Use corn, or was it Corn Crew for our code? YouTube. Check out our YouTube stuff. The other shows. We have DW Conspiracy Shack on the network, which is a conspiracy show. <laughs> and we also have Freaky Fauna Friday. Freaky Fauna Friday is very close to being monetizable. So, if a couple of you guys check it out, we'd appreciate it greatly.
2: Yeah. If you like animals, you like nature. Come ch- And you and you only have about 15 minutes you want to spare each Friday. Come check out Freaky Fauna Friday.
1: I think the longest one's like half an hour, but I think they average probably 12 to 15 minutes. Yeah, it's fine. A couple shorter ones. It's,
2: it's a nice little way to start off your weekend. Mm-hmm.
1: P.O. Box, if you want to send us something, it's P.O. Box 75, Ada, Ohio, 45810. It's in the, the description below. Mm-hmm. Merch, check out the merch website. This month will be the new uh, winter shirt coming out. Uh, it's the half of the design is on the public store and half the design will be on the Patreon store.
2: Ooh. Patreon exclusives. Yeah.
1: Um, we're done with conferences for the year. We won't see anybody till Frogman next year, uh, which is in March. And then we have Encounter Quest, which we're emceeing in April in Hamlet, North Carolina. It's going to be a blast. If you're coming to a show, let us know. Uh, no new reviews or Patreon members this week. Okay. That's okay.
2: Maybe we'll get some maybe we'll get a few new ones next week. Let's well,
1: I also had to do this like I had to do these like 2 days after last week's recording. Oh, okay. So there may be more since then. It's just Gotcha. As normally gra- there's normally there's a bigger gap.
2: As right exactly, not a couple days. Yeah.
1: All right. Uh so we have two other things.
2: Is so that what f- I've got in my yes. hands? All right. First, we're going to start off with as we put out a request Earlier, and it was fulfilled. We've got a table for our new studio. Have not set it up yet. Right, correct. We're still unpacking from CryptidCon. It's been a a long... Well,
1: I got really sick, and we got really... The second we got home, we were busy. You had to leave and stuff like that, and then I got really sick, so...
2: The world doesn't stop turning. Mm -hmm. But a big shout-out and thank you to Mark Collins. He came up to see us at CryptidCon. Mm -hmm. Brought us the table. Amazing table. An amazing table. His... um. Uh, I guess your his business is columns, co- columns, columns, Collins, like the name Collins Custom Furnishings, um, out of Ackworth, Georgia. Mark does amazing, amazing work. It's wicked. It's, it's epoxy poured tables. It looks awesome. I can't wait till it is set up and we're we can run our hands over it, you mm-hmm. know, and then debate and argue over it. It'll be fun. But thank you, Mark. So that was our, that's our one.
1: Well, yeah. The, Big shout out. We'll put his website and everything below. Yep, all in uh, the show notes. Which, if check out our description in our episodes, a lot of information, a lot of things to check out there. If you need an epoxy table or countertop or anything like that, check out Mark. Mm-hmm. You get qual- high quality. High quality is an awesome guy. Long time listener of the show. Yeah, I will say his accent threw me for a loop. I did haven't told him that yet. Did it? Well, yeah, because he's oh, from yeah, Georgia,
2: but he's also from Boston. <laughs> yes, yes. <Yeah,
1: so. laughs> and it made me laugh. It it, it <laughs> because, was yeah. I, I didn't tell him that, but. You know, I really didn't think about it until because I only talked to him one time on the phone. It was very short. And yeah, I, I couldn't really tell, but yeah, no, he had a, a very thick accent. Like, but he was from Georgia. It just made me laugh. It is. It's a mix. You, you know, it's not
2: what you expect in your head. You're expecting somebody like Austin, Ricky, their accent and coming then, from Georgia. And then there's Mark. He was okay. It's not that bad. It's not Who? Just Mark. Mark.
1: Oh, I was, I was like, doing a Boston accent. That's not a Boston accent. Yeah, it's
2: Mark from Boston. And no, then, it's not at all. <laughs> it's awful. There'll our be-
1: new sponsor?
2: Our newest sponsor. Uh, this <laughs> company... Uh, i sorry. I didn't want to jump right to it. So we got a new sponsor. And this is an amazing company. They're a brand new upstart. I'm going to give them the spiel. We just revealed it for the first time at CryptidCon. Um, their name is Flavors of the Forest. Now, they're creating um, spices, all natural. Everything's made in-house. All Everything's produced just by this company. They have no, no fillers, no artificial anything. It's all just straight, hundred percent organic flavor, and be good organic, not that not the lying with statistics organic. You know exactly. So, um, their first seasoning that we're promoting um, it's Bigfoot Breath, Bigfoot Breath, and it's a gar- garlic seasoning with a hint of salt. Um, now, this is what I've been telling everyone. If you take this seasoning and you hold it up next to your garlic powder at home, your garlic powder at home is going to have a yellow tint to it. That's because all the stuff they make it—you know, mass producing, you're going to buy at Walmart. Your McCormick's all the big, big spice is what we like to call it. The old Big Spice Lobby—they use a lot of filler. So with their garlic powder, they mix up a lot of you know the skins, the roots, the stems. All the extra stuff with their garlic to just to fill that can, that's not what Flavors of the Forest does. They go the extra mile. They peel it all. And then they freeze dry it and grind that up. So you're just getting just the pure garlic clove with a hint of pink Himalayan salt. That's it. That's all that goes into this bottle. So when you hold it up next to your garlic powder at home, this is going to look pure, almost snow white, Compared to your garlic powder at home, um, and, you know it's made with the highest quality ingredients that were freeze dried for our legendary flavor. <laughs> so you can check them out in the and sh- the notes below. Yeah, please. Their website is fl- or yeah, just click the link on our uh in our and our thing below. We get a little kickback for each uh, uh, purchase of the product. I promise this is a product that we stand behind full, you know, 100. percent They got new flavors coming out soon, very soon. So check these guys out.
1: And flavors been, of the forest they've been longtime listeners of the show too yep which is really neat and their label
2: it's got an awesome picture of bigfoot that i like i've never seen before like you just shout not yeah
1: eat me all right yes and thank you guys again so let's get into an episode
2: oh today's episode
1: Now, how'd you say it
2: i already i i gotta see it again i can't remember
1: what was that i don't know it's about a burp and a hiccup the Veronese? Verones, Let's go Veronese. Veronese? Even though it's in Russia, so I doubt that's how you pronounce that.
2: Oh, you didn't tell me that. Okay, it's, let me really get it. It's uh, Veronese. Ver- Ver- Veronese. Verones.
1: Okay. I have no idea. The Veronese alien encounter. <laughs> right back to it, yeah. Okay. This may be the most bizarre extraterrestrial encounter ever reported. Dozens of eyewitnesses claimed that in autumn of 1989, a trio of three eyed aliens along with their mechanical companion, landed and attacked a pair of teenagers in a Russian park. Okay. Yes. Attacked, the, huh? Mm-hmm, the Russian city of Voronich. Voronich.
2: Oh, maybe it does have a loch on the end.
1: Mm-hmm. It's an industrial hub located about 300 miles from Moscow. Okay. Home of the Moscovi
2: Is it really? Yes. I didn't know
1: that. Why do you think the word Moscow is in the middle? Is the whole, almost the whole name of the duck?
2: Well, I never really considered that, but I didn't know. The
1: city has a population of nearly one million. This hardly seems like a place for an isolated region that is ordinarily associated with strange alien encounters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on the evening of September 27th, 1989, about 6.30 p.m., it became a host of what strikes many as being one of the most unnatural, uh, not to mention horrifying, encounters with a creature ever recorded. Eyewitnesses is reported that on the evening in question, a glowing, deep red, ovoid object which is estimated to be approximately 45 feet wide and 18 feet high circled above the area known as okay Lovbrozzi Park. <laughs> <You> nailed it. <laughs> Witnesses swore that the quote unquote vehicle hovered less than 40 feet above the ground close enough to disturb the grass below. Then just suddenly as it had arrived the UFO soared away leaving the eyewitnesses perplexed and no doubt more than a little relieved. Hmm. That was, oh, sorry, that was until the strange craft returned minutes later. Oh, no. <laughs> How sucky is that? <laughs> yeah, like, like this <sighs> big red glowing thing. And it's, uh, and it goes like, oh, shoo. Vroom. and then it's right back. Oh, gosh. It hovered near the ground of grade school children. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. Including, okay, I got a lot of Russian names. Oh, here we go. or Sorin, Julia, Skoligovas and Lena Skorkian, Asolia Nikova, and Vovo Starkivas.
2: Okay, what are all these names? The kids. Oh, the kids, it
1: was hovering over or the kids that like, uh... got... These are, yeah, these are the grade school kids, including these. Okay. Who were engaged in a soccer match. But it wasn't only the children who saw the UFO. It also was spotted by at least 35 to 40 adults who had been waiting at a nearby bus stop on Portland Street. Both the kids and the adults were in awe by the spectacle mm-hmm. before them and utterly perplexed for what they were about to see next. According to eyewitness accounts, a hatch on the underside of the still hovering craft opened and revealed an odd, long-armed, necklace-thick-set 9-foot-tall entity with a small, knob-like head. The creature was clad in a silver jumpsuit with bronze boots that were so large it appeared to fill the hatch opening. As if the creature's immense immensity wasn't disturbing enough, eyewitnesses claimed that it had 3 Luminous eyes, which and its tiny face, Hmm. the beings are so. The being's two outer eyes were whitish, and the center eye, which was slightly above the other two, was bright red, bright (laughs) red, with swirling around like a radar. Oh, okay. So it had this like light inside its what could be its eye, swirling. They've also claimed that the alien had a disc-like object attached to its chest. This bizarre being seemed to mechanically scan the terrain below. And then sealed the hatch. Then the UFO made its descent. Descent or ascent? Descent. So down. Yeah. Okay. So it was still hovering. They open the hatch. This big thing stands there, and it looks like, well, as far as anybody can tell, it's scanning the area. Right. Exactly. And then it's like it closes the door, and then it starts landing. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. Good thing. Imagine this happened in like Kentucky. Yeah. he had already been shot about nine times. I mean, I don't. I. I don't know,
2: because if you get something that spectacular, you are like in awe of it. It's probably more shocking. Or, it, yeah, I don't know.
1: Hopkinsville goblins.
2: Uh, okay, yeah, true.
1: Eyewitnesses stated the object was uh, object's weight was so substantial that it permanently bent to the sides of the standing poplar trees near the craft. Hmm. So where it landed, mm-hmm. it dented the ground so hard that the trees all started curving in towards it. Mm. The object hovered about five feet off the ground, and extended four legs to support the landing, and it landed softly on the grass. At this point, the alien that had seen through the open hatch now emerged from the ship, followed by two equally colossal creatures that shared the same three-eyed vis- uh, visage. The extraordinary entities walked in heavy gates and were followed by what witnesses described as a box-like robot with push buttons on its front side. An alien adjusted one of its controls on the robot's chest, enabling it to walk about in a mechanical fashion. The entities then began to examine the ground near where the craft had landed and proceeded to take soil samples.
2: Mm, This is weird.
1: People everywhere. Yeah. They land and and they they just don't seem to care. Exactly. Which is... Odd. Not good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, With a beam of light emerged from the... Okay, sorry. I skipped ahead a little bit. One of the creatures made an indescribable sound which some of the eyewitnesses perceived to be an order to the others. Mm-hmm. Then a beam of light emerged from the quote-unquote chief alien's chest. The beam the, uh, hit a number of luminous triangles and rectangles about one foot by one foot wide, as it indicated something to its comrades. The frightened, it, this frightened one young man so much that he apparently cried out in alarm. At the sound, the lead alien approximately fixed its gaze at the youngster. Oh, boy. Not good. No freezing him unnaturally in his tracks. So the kid starts crying, alien whips over, looks at him, and he freezes. Okay. not Yeah. This set everybody in a panic. The rest of the crowd was terrified. As if the tale could get any weirder, witnesses claim that the aliens and the UFO all simultaneously disappeared. Just phased out of reality? huh Nevertheless, this encounter was far from over. So, so far, we got this big UFO, this big red orb, Ovoid, Comes in, whoops around, takes off. Everybody's like, oh, thank God. Then it's back. It's right back. Starts kind of descending. This big door opens. This monstrous entity is standing in the door. It's Scanning, scanning, scanning. scanning closes the door, lands. They all get out, start taking soil and plant samples. Kid starts crying. All hell breaks loose. Yeah. There's like 50 people watching this thing. It sounds like a, it's just like a movie. Approximately five minutes later. The remaining eyewitnesses still stunned by what they had witnessed were once again thrust back into the looking glass of the UFO and its occupants instantaneously reappeared in the exact same spot. Hmm. One of the creatures was now carrying a quote-unquote tube that was about a foot in length. Okay, It aimed the tube towards a 16-year-old boy who was nearby and a beam shot out, causing the teen to disappear without a trace. Okay. He just – he vaporized that kid. Or, or, or abducted him or – You know, he did something. It was... Before the terror-filled riot could ensue, the creatures re-entered the UFO. It retracted the landing gear and began to ascend, slowly increasing its speed. Just as the vehicle was about to disappear from sight, the vaporized team miraculously reappeared. Of course, it wasn't long before the press got wind of this harrowing and utterly bizarre tale of UFOs, robots, vanishing guns, and gargantuan alien invaders... Grekik Sovak, head of the this <laughs> local geologic, geophysical society, first reported the case. In reflection of the new area, the Soviet news agency the TASS published the report about this event. Soon the story spread across the globe like a wildfire. In no time scores of scientists, the Soviet government agencies and reporters descended upon this tiny city. Though are not tiny but the the city. Right. Those interviewed claimed to observe this UFO. Not just during the incident in question, but also many times before this date, and on September 21st. Do you remember? The twenty-first night of September. Yes, because a kid got vaporized. When some aliens vaporized you. And on October 2nd. So they, they've seen this UFO before and after the event. Okay. Uh it just kept coming around. It just didn't have such a miraculous encounter. At least the witnesses it's survived.
2: The one. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: The investigation at the scene of the landing indicated that there was a great depression in the ground in the shape of a large robust that must have been caused by something weighing several tons at least on each leg. Mm. There's a conflicting reports of this cause though. Scientists who allegedly found anomalies on the local magnetic field and background radiation thought these findings may also been dis- are disputed. So, some scientists said that they found uh, electromagnetic anomalies, radiation anomalies, and gravitational anomalies. Mm-hmm. Others said they could debate it. Okay. At first glance, they looked like sandstone of a deep red color was found, like a substance all over the scene, like a powderized sandstone. Hmm. However, additional tests needed to reach more definitive conclusion. Other reputable witnesses, including Lieutenant Sergei Moskova, who confessed that while he had not actually seen the aliens, he had seen the spaceship, which is described as a body flying in the sky moving slightly at very high speeds and very low altitude. The lieutenant claimed that he was a little skeptical when he first saw the object. I thought I must be really tired, but I rubbed my eyes and it didn't go away. Then I figured, in this day and age, anything is possible. Uh, The lieutenant directed the regional health department, claimed that his primary concern was that the health of the children who had been exposed to this unknown pathogens or radiation due to their contact with these aliens and their technology. I like
2: his quote, you know. Who knows? Anything could be possible. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. push it. Don't push who it. Who knows? Anything could be possible. He pushed it.
1: So a local journalist spoke to the vicinity, or a ton of the eyewitnesses. Children and eyewitnesses of the abnormal phenomena have been questioned by the police and workers and journalists. There is no discrepancies in their description of the sphere itself or the actions of the aliens. Moreover, all the children who became witnesses to the event are still very afraid even now. Following the event, the children, including 6th grader Roma Thompson and Gurnea Bolivar, were encouraged to draw the being. And they said, with the results that even skeptics had to admit, were surprisingly consistent with what had been reported. All the children were drawing the same thing. Same thing. So they all saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Even the adults. So here's the thing is, it's not like, there's a couple of the really famous kid abductions, like, Mm -hmm. or the kid witnessed UFO events. It's a big thing, especially in the 80s and 90s. From Africa, yeah. I mean, even in Russia, this is not the only one that's happened in Russia. Okay. There's a couple like famous little people ones that come out of UFOs. Oh gosh. That and it's these are the opposite. You know.
2: Are you saying little people or from are aliens?
1: No, like Smurf size.
2: Oh, okay, okay, okay.
1: Like one kid,
2: like hobbits,
1: like like, tiny, like no inches tall.
2: Oh, okay. Those aliens, Mm -hmm. the ones that are hiding in Michael Jackson's gloves, glove. Sorry. You never heard that mm. there was an alien that was hiding in his glove and that was why he was so good at like performing and stuff because it, w- it was directing his body.
1: Interesting.
2: <laughs> you ever seen um that interview with uh G- with the president uh Joe Biden where there's a little entity that comes out of his sleeve and it like pops its head out and then it goes back in. Like inch tall alien.
1: Interesting. You ever, you ever seen that video? No. It's very weird. While many seem convinced this account is obviously a hoax. There are others who feel that this may be the Russian equivalent of the notorious Roswell UFO incident in the U.S. Perhaps the truth lies somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this happened. Yeah. There's, I mean, literally at least 50 eyewitnesses, kids, adults, cops, like, and like the cop said, I didn't see the aliens. I seen the UFO flying around town. Right. Yes. So more corroborating. And tons of people seen it, and they seen it days before and days after this UFO hanging around. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kid that got vanished and then re reappeared. Mm-hmm. I think he only talked one time. He basically said he didn't like he didn't remember anything. Like it was instantaneous for him. Oh, okay. Like they pointed something at him, and then he was back with it. Like nothing happened. Like nothing happened at all. Okay. Uh, and it was several. He was only gone several minutes. So it's interesting though. Hmm. This is like and that's why I like it. And I love when people submit things for Wednesdays. But there's tons of these weird short stories. Yeah. I I I believe this one. I think this one happened, at least in some way, shape, or form. It's hard with Russia, you know, towards this is the late eighties. So not as much as the iron curtain right. was still standing. But, but still
2: just, information's hard to come yeah. in and out of that. And then yeah. what
1: comes out of it? Can you trust? Can you no? There's but there's a lot of names associated with this. Yeah. Like a, like a lot of these people, and even a lot of UFOlogists found a lot of these kids uh, and stuff like that. So I think it happened. Just what happened, I don't know. The entities are super weird. The kids' drawings of them yeah. are super, super weird. Hmm. Uh, but like I said, they had all these kids draw all these entities, and they were pretty much identical. Drawing the same thing, yeah. And I couldn't find – and I think it's because it's translated from Russian. I couldn't find the actual height okay. know, of the big guy. I think from the best I could find is like 13 feet tall. It's pretty tall. I mean, it's people. Don't, I don't think realize how tall 13 feet is. It's pretty big. Yeah, it's pretty big. Uh, they're massive. Yeah. whatever these things were.
2: I just always compare to a basketball hoop being 10 feet tall. That's how I can kind of get my initial, uh, you know, range scope, so I can imagine it in my head. Now, yeah, just three feet taller than that. Pretty much, almost at the top of a backboard. If anyone's around a basketball hoop, it's probably off over enough. the backboard, thirteen feet, it's got to be right up there. It's got to be. I close. think the backboard's only two feet. Is it? I mean, I don't know.
1: So it's probably a foot taller than than a basketball hoop with including the backboard.
2: It's yeah, it's tall. It's Either big. Way, it's tall. Yeah, that's that's pretty intimidating. I wonder though. But what is it? Is it an alien? Is it an alien?
1: Aliens from outer space or different galaxies? You know my my feelings on aliens in general. Yeah. Here, here's what I'll say. Is that the only way I'll believe it's an actual alien from space? Are these really weird, these non-conventional ones? Yeah, and this one's not super unconventional, but like there's the like the giant crab people and the big the big plant things and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I think like a lot of your your grays, your Nordics, these these commonly seen ones, the reptilians are all probably a demonic entity yeah. that are putting on the new face to work in the world. Mm-hmm. I do think there is a chance that there could be life out there and it could be visiting. I think like, so the crab one and the crypt knots did a really good episode on this one. I can't remember the name of the episode, but it was, it's one of my favorites where literally this guy, like they were landed just to refuel, like to re get supplies. And then they were taken off and he snuck on the ship and there were a bunch of like weird species. Like there was like a platypus guy. Yeah. The giant gigantic plant that was like sentient in the corner. And then these weird crab guys and they're like, well, pretty much, it's just like it takes forever for us to get anywhere, so we got to keep stopping at these little worlds. Yeah, and we've already been traveling for I think they were said like ten or twelve years. Wonder where they're going, like from one planet to the other. Like they were shipping, and I think it was the either the crabs or these what he almost described as these big Neanderthals uh, were hmm. on a dying planet, and they picked up like six of them Hmm. because like the world was in a like flood stage. Yeah, and like they were sending out distress calls and nobody answered for decades. By the time they got there, you know, on their way, there was like there's not very many of them left, so they grabbed who they could grab and get out of there. Hmm. I don't know though. That's to me more likely than these. Space is so big, right? Right. And you're, I think, if a true alien would look almost unrecognizable. Well, for sure, yeah. If they are very humanoid, and there's convergent evolution and stuff like that, sure, right. But I think if they're super humanoid, like the Grays or the Nordics, like the Nordics especially, or the tall whites or anything like that, that's questionable
2: right because i mean oh they just so happen to look like human beings that's weird it's like maybe they're from here like we are oh okay kind of makes sense mm-hmm. i think these guys in this verona's whatever it's called could be drones built just for scouting and sampling and this was a test run see how people react but or or man i don't know
1: i just seen something that was pretty interesting about stuff uh about you know all these UFOs that are getting shot down over the years and stuff like that and the crashes like if they're crashing like if this is a race that's so superior to us why are they crash and stuff? I did see something to talk about they could just be self replicating drones. Mm. They don't matter.
2: They do they intentionally crash them here. Like they could. Like yeah. like we do
1: with our some of our space stuff, you know, when it starts when it starts malfunctioning or or it starts malfunctioning or something. Just crash into the planet.
2: Right. Get rid of
1: you know get get rid of it. Right. It's garbage to them at that point. Mm-hmm. But to us, you know, it would be like something s- substantial. Absolutely, yeah. So that could explain, like, I've seen people, like, well, how are they getting shot down and stuff like that? Well, I mean, they may not care about them.
2: Right, yeah. If we don't been, know their motivations.
1: I, if they are truly extraterrestrial. Yeah. Which I think is either not happening or one out of every 10,000 cases. And just imagine if,
2: you know, when they're witnessing this thing, the you know the whole and everything just disappears for however long whatever mm-hmm. imagine what's around you at all times all the just time
1: like, like what is it six percent we can see of the light oh, spectrum
2: gosh. yeah imagine what's lurking above us around us
1: every time you trip on something you're like well I tripped on nothing actually it was a small ultraviolet creature
2: exactly just uh, just happened to be roaming around and you were rude enough to not notice it and tripped over it
1: see we need manna shrimp as like. Seeing eye dogs. Yeah, we should. Get they someone to see leave. everything. Yeah. I think they only see like 11%. It's insane. Which is still a lot more
2: than us. A lot more than almost double. But ugh, I don't know.
1: Maybe we only see one or two percent. I don't remember. It's like we see nothing.
2: Yeah. Which is crazy to think about. Three colors. Mm-hmm. Primary colors, secondary colors, and your tertiary colors. Beyond that. They don't exist. It's all brown. It's all, it's all brown. brown. It's all <laughs> brown. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, so what do you think?
2: I, I I do. I think these were drones. I think. You, these so, do would... you think it happened though? Oh yeah. I, I mean, if you know everything's, if you can actually go back and track these names down, like actually get the these kids. these people
1: have been uh, the kids have been interviewed as adults and stuff like that. This is a very popular okay uh, UFO case.
2: So, as long as all the stuff adds up, you know, names are countable and all that, sure. Then yeah, I believe it. If not, if it gets a little hairy in that research or you know, water's pretty muddy, then you never know, especially with stories on the internet. But, yeah, I'm I'm inclined to believe this one. And if it's true, like they say it is, yeah, I do feel like they're, like, kind of drone entities meant to scan, do, you know. Yeah, they
1: definitely don't seem super organic.
2: No, not at all, especially with the radar thing, like...
1: But then again, if there actually is life from another planet, like silicon-based life, it would look very inorganic to us. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean... Basically, was some of the speculative biology of silicone based life would be almost like living rocks. Yeah. But there's also life that would have, uh, what was it? Like liquid, there was one, like the liquid nitrogen as a bloodstream one on these super cold planets. Mm, okay. That would look, they'd, it would look very different.
2: Oh, yeah, than what we're, we're used to. Mm-hmm.
1: And even like living crystals and stuff like that. It's,
2: yeah, I always like the thought of that.
1: Crystals are alive,
2: supposedly. That's what Tesla said. They're I alive. don't.
1: I don't think our crystals are alive. They're alive, but in a different way. Like they, I, I think don't they know. store a lot of data. I mean, we know that we use them as microchips and stuff like that. So, same with mushrooms, I can't wait for the mushrooms to connect with the crystals to connect oh, with it. Gosh,
2: internet. that's how you do time travel.
1: Yeah, you're worried about AI. I don't think AI is going to get the chance.
2: That'd be nice because at least mushrooms and crystals are natural to this world.
1: And it's not an artificial computer. Who's saying pro- AI is not the next natural order.
2: That's what these little alien beings are. It's probably some A- thing built by AI sending out drones to to actually sample the natural world so AI knows what it's getting itself into when it takes
1: over. You see, and here's the weird. I don't know why they always are collecting soil samples. Because they need to know what well, Earth's there's like. like. These, uh, this will be the last little thing. There's like this one in South America. There were like little mini Bigfoots. Mm-hmm. And like the UFO was like trailing them. Like low to the ground, yeah. Almost like imagine up, yeah. Where they're pulling the house behind them, mm-hmm. kind of like that, and they're like collecting soil and putting in little bags. But they're like they look like they're wild, big clawed monkeys, uh, like tailless, like apes almost. Yeah. Uh, and then the guy sees it and he's watching them go by, and then the second one of them notices they go feral and try to rip them apart. Jeez,
2: that's so scary.
1: And he fully believed that they are not the they weren't the pilots. They're they, just the they little were like the, the dogs. Crew. Yeah, and like. The second they, well, they went feral, like they were, they were feral. Yeah. Gosh, that'd be frightening. But they were collecting soil samples. It's like, yeah, he just wanted to participate in science too. But so what if that is something like for batteries or something like that? You know, whatever this technology is, this long term. They need like earth. Certain like, types of elements in the earth yeah. and stuff like that. So that's what they're. That's a theory. That's trying. a good idea. Like uh, the Uinta Basin has some of the most Ooh. unique geological sediments. Yeah. That could be why there's so much stuff happening there. Is it's a collection spot? Yeah, and like volcanoes, nuclear power plants. I don't think they're using nuclear energy per se, but there could be a byproduct that's that to us may be inert. Yeah, but to them could be a very
2: yeah. It's charging their batteries with it. Yeah, their batteries from quote unquote.
1: Well, I have been the great and powerful mystery.
2: And I've been J.
1: clone 269 Jeez, you got really close to the mic. It scared me. I, I just
2: had to get close and see my die.
1: <laughs> Alright, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank
2: you for listening to the Crips
1: of the Corn podcast. Please share with a friend you think would like us. It's the best way to help our show grow. Leave a comment, rate us a five-star review, and remember, there is always extra content on Patreon slash Crips the Corn.com. And don't forget, stay magical.